And as I have come to say, every single time, I'm sorry, but year two has taken it. <laughs> don't do too much. I don't year appreciate two. that because Lorna was on your one. And you know, I'm sorry for that. And no, actually, I'm not sorry for that because great for her for being the winner of that vote and starting being the originator of the team. <laughs> but year two is definitely taking <laughs> Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so good. And especially like all the new ones she's got. Oh, she's gonna have like an army of them? Like she's I don't know, I wouldn't say army, but like during do you remember during Superman and the Authority? Like she had on one suit and she was like, Oh, I gotta disengage this one, and then she was like suit two engaged. She's done like different versions of it throughout different books she's been in. God. We love smart lesbians. And yeah. I am Mr. Mark Grayson, a.k.a. Invisible. <laughs> I was like, who? <laughs> yes, Mr. Invincible. For anyone who was watching, that was me trying to blood splatter. Mm, okay. Oh, well, that was a good show. I think I'm going to go back and watch that. I used to really love his uh, comics. I used to read them all a lot. I said I was gonna go and read the comics so I can get more into the um Island the Alien with the one eye thing. Oh yeah, he's fine. He he's was just cool. Like in the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How are you? Um, I'm doing all right. You know, um, it is officially fall in the district and that temperature has dropped, so we're feeling that. I was out with my best friend early uh this past weekend. It was her birthday, and I was once again out with the heteros, and you know something. I be feeling bad for straight men because they don't dance. Boring, right? Just it's boring. like we in there, we moving, like we dancing, and you know, I'm like, what's going on? You just look up and they just standing there. It's like these little stiff shoulder moves and these little uh, rocks back and forth. And there was this one guy on the floor, and he was like getting it. I don't know what dances he was doing, but he was getting it. And we were like, yeah, <laughs> like you killing it. And then Eric, you could tell some of the other guys on one of the sides was like looking like, oh, look at him. Da, da, da. And I was like, he's having fun. He's having a good he's time. Having a good time. And it's like, hey, I'm here for it. Have a good time. Awesome. But other than that, it was great. But yeah, it just made me feel really bad for hetero man. Because I was like, I don't know what the issue is. You know you want to sway them hips. I be seeing the kids do these little moves where they be throwing their hips and they be like <laughs> rocking, you know, like, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> It's fun. <laughs> That's good. I've been uh, kind of busy with work over it, but. You know, I think everyone's over it, working in general. And it's like kind of interesting because once everybody stops working, how is anything going to get done? But I don't know. We're going to figure it out. I personally feel like we could get things done if you let people do what they wanted to do. Somebody out there wants to, like, I feel like people don't want to do anything. I don't think we as human beings were supposed to be doing like nine to fives. I think that is true. I agree. Contributing to our society and to like, you know. You want the people who like want to naturally like grow corn to go and grow corn. Is what you're saying. That's what I mean. There's somebody out there that wants to like, you know. Peel potatoes. That's what they really like to do. Let them do <laughs> I, uh, I, I get what you're saying. I understand what you're going for, but I think that in the long term, everyone would just like to not do anything. Agreed. I agree. And so it's like, I might love to peel potatoes, but one day I'm going to say, I don't want to peel any of these potatoes. I want to be laid up. We should be putting in the technology so that we don't have to work anymore. Well, that's because that's that's how you get the machine uprising. So it's like a lose-lose situation. Oh. 
<laughs> I know you don't want that. We've discussed I, this before. In at length, actually. So <laughs> no. Exactly. I'm I'm nice uh, to all my machines, guys. So let's go ahead and then and get into these updates. All right. Um up first. So there have been some new developments on the Armor Wars uh, MCU Disney Plus TV series. It has now been changed into a feature film, which has been done to, quote unquote, better serve the story, which to me sounds like they didn't heard y'all complaining about these Disney Plus shows. So they were like, let's just go ahead and make them all into movies. I personally feel like it's the better move for this. I don't think Armor Wars needed to be an entire you know, eight episode TV series. I'm not going to lie to you. I completely forgot Armor Wars existed. There you go. And now you can see it when it's just a movie. I don't know. Maybe I wish for it to come out on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> you don't want to see Ironheart? She's going to be in it. I don't really see it for the Iron characters. I just think Ironheart's a cute girl. I'm a supporter. And she's from Chicago, so I'm a Yeah, that's your hometown girl. Like, I respect that. I don't have to do that, though. I'm not going <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, Armor Wars has now been turned into a feature film instead of a TV series. Um, up next, some exciting news for some X-Men fans out there. We have found out that in Deadpool 3, Green will be returning. And that is Hugh Jackman as Green. Now, I, you can kind of expect something like this to have happened because, like, that's mm-hmm. just money. Like, yeah. in the bank. <laughs> I'm kind of shocked he wanted to do it again, though. Disney, that Disney check. Yeah, that's actually true. <laughs> when you put it in that perspective, yeah. Come back for anything. I don't know. Didn't, um, I forget who was the Ethan Hawke in Moon Knight. I have to remember people saying that he was like, against superhero movies like he did not want to do that mm-hmm. <laughs> Came right on over the bag be big enough go change we'll see i don't know i think the burning question for me in deadpool 3 is will jesse bedlam be returning and will he be played by someone else other than terry cruz that's, that's what's burning at the back of my mind so if we can get some type of confirmation on that i'll be a lot more invested in this movie i think the deadpool movies are like fine Actually, that's not true. I really did enjoy the first Deadpool movie. The second one I thought was fine. Um, Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. I don't know. I'm over it. I think I'm just personally ready to see someone else's Wolverine. I'm pretty sure this is going to be, once again, like a kind of final hurrah. Something Deadpool will do, bring him in, and then we might not see him anymore. So then we'll get a new Wolverine. But I'm going to watch it. It doesn't really matter. Shout out to the people. Uh, I'm not going to go against It has a release date. Of uh, September 24th, 2000. Yeah. But shout out to the people who are excited for Hugh Jackman to come back as Wolverine. I would never take that away from you because I remember as a Charlie Cox as Daredevil fan, my excitement when I found out my fave was returning. So, like, I'm with you in this moment. It. Congratulations. Yeah, he's coming back. And um, like you said, I'm not really too like hyped for it. I was ready for someone else to Wolverine. Am I going to see it? Obviously. I love Wolverine, so the the content itself yeah. will be fun, yeah. and uh, that guy. the movie will probably be fun. I'm fully expecting Deadpool to make a joke about you not being able to come over to the MCU as he, yeah. like, hops over to the MCU. If they also bring Olivia Munn back as Psylocke, then I'll be tuned in. I should say that. <laughs> you know, um, John Krasinski tweeted trailer that or like I wouldn't say a trailer like the teaser that was put out and was like you know is this the movie is this our movie which makes me wonder do you think um, like his Reed Richards might be in it or any other character oh, gosh he's gonna like do whatever he can to keep that going you didn't get the job John let it go <laughs> he wants to do it he's gonna be Reed until he, nobody says no for him to come to set you had your 15 minutes. Time to move on. Go back. Like, isn't he making another movie? A Quiet Place know. 3 or something? I, <laughs> I think so. 
They need to give the son a spinoff, though. Did you see the second one? It was really good. I haven't seen the second one. You need to go and see it. I like that one. That was good, too. Make a movie. I would love Emily Blunt as Sue. Yeah, you have said that. I don't see that either. But I don't know. You know Sue better than I do, so I won't say anything. Yeah, I don't know. Deadpool 3 coming out September 24th, 2024. Should be a lot of fun. Um... Definitely probably be there watching it and probably talking about it. So, um, final bit of news that came out this week. Uh, Marvel's Blade loses its director, Basim Tariq. And it seems to be there's some some struggles going on over at the Blade production. Uh, allegedly, they did not have a full script. It's only been like 90 pages. Uh, there's been some talks that like production, I think, was supposed to start Excellent. It was supposed to start on Monday. It was supposed to start on Monday. Oh wow. Well, I guess well, it is October. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I guess it is like a whole other month. Um. So. Wow. Um. You know, I said, but didn't I say this at that at that at that D twenty three thing? Like you couldn't give us anything. I knew something was amiss right then and there. Kevin Feige, I see your spirit, and it's not good. It's, it's looks like Blade is having some struggles. To and then to announce all of this like a week before you're supposed to go into production for your movie. So now you gotta like do what? Push it back again for the third time? Don't you have like an entire universe that you do chronologically with your movies and everything leads into the next? So you're pushing everything back again? Or you're just gonna rush to get somebody new to fill in? Or you gonna keep going forward and just kind of like make it up as you go. I don't like it. They just need a new director and the whole writing team, I guess, or even one script to be finished. Allegedly, sure, but that's just the rumor that the you know, and I don't know, or it's not long, and everything might not be true. But I don't know. I think it's just like kind of strange you get the director leaving and then also this news at the same time. Like, oh, something in the water ain't clean. And he's spreading directors who you want to like take over. Honestly, I saw there's a um, Twitter user of Rosewind. He tweeted that he would like to see Gina, um, the woman who directed The Old Guard on Blade. Yeah. I want to say Price Blythewood is her last name or something along those lines. I believe it's a two parter. Yeah, Prince by Bythewood is her last name. Okay. She would be great. And I stand by that decision. That sounds cool. Oh. I saw some people saying they would like Jordan Peele too, which would be fine. But like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down, and I agree. No. <laughs> Hopefully that production over there kind of gets it together. They didn't want to waste some Hersha Ali. Like, like, come on now. Don't be no and he was like excited. He had came out with his hat on. He's been ready. He's been doing it. She, he, like, he deserves. And again, I've been doing my blade reading, and I understand a lot of the stuff is bad. So you got to change a lot of things. And the only thing that has kept Blade's popularity afloat is Wesley Snipes. So. When you're coming into this, you're pretty much revamping everything. You're like resetting the wheel here. And I don't know. Are people wanting that? Are people hyped for Blade? I think so. Tell us out there. Are y'all excited for Blade? Like, are you? I think a lot of people are also excited for Mahershala. I don't think the average Marvel fan like realizes what's going on. I'll never forget being in Eternals and that after credit scene came up and like the boy next to me was so confused and I had to explain to him that Blade was coming, and he's Mahershala Ali, and he was like, in Marvel? And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're fine. Do people know that Blade is a Marvel character? I think so, yes. Like the average moviegoer? Oh, probably know. not. 
But I don't know. I don't think the average moviegoer like realizes a lot. I'll also never forget talking to a coworker at a job I once had, and we were talking about Marvel movies, and she's like, "Oh, I still got to see some of the X Men stuff," and I was like, "That's a completely different thing." And she was like, "Oh, they're not all connected." I was like, "No, not those." No. Yeah, I do. I mean, that's that's you can kind of tell that now. People are like desperately wanting to still be connected. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, X Men universe in this way. And I was about to say, and honestly, they do it. Like, you'll get DC Universe characters on CW shows. You're about to see, like, Fox characters in Marvel properties. So I guess they were right all along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because if there's one thing the corporation's going to do, go after the money. <laughs> yeah. It's a guaranteed money if they know the character already. So, um. All right, well, that is all the news that we had this week. Let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come right back. Cool. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another review as we talk about this week's comics. And it had quite the little haul today. So let's go ahead and get through with some of these mentions of the week before we get to the main books. Um, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings number three came out. And I don't know if the people are reading Shang-Chi. I really do hope you are. I used to talk about the first series. That was really good. This one is also really good. It was fun. MIA6 makes an appearance. Um, Shang-Chi does some really cool stuff with the Ten Rings. He has like a little Excalibur moment. There's a fairy from Avalon, shout out to Otherworld, who appears in this issue. And we're just seeing him kind of being like the hero and like what his adventures are, which is great. So pick that up. Uh, Defenders Beyond number three also was out this week. Really great abstract, cosmic, otherworldly, amazing stuff that Aoi does, you know. Blue Marvel's in it. The Ladies, the Phoenix. Tigra's getting the Panther God. It's like a big focus for Tigra on this issue as well. So I guess for the Tigra fans, this would be a good oh, thing for you to read. Ewing might be a Tigra fan. It's, he likes... He's got taste sometimes, the different kinds. <laughs> the, the Magic Order 3 number <laughs> 3 also was out this week. Um, That's just like for the Magic Girls, who have been having a really good week, actually. A good, like, era. Magic is on the rise at Marvel in DC. If you have not been paying attention, get it. LZ is going to try and pretend like he doesn't like magic now. But <laughs> before he can do that, let's get to the main books. And the first one is actually Comics 1047 from Philip Kennedy Johnson and Ricardo Federici. And once again, oh, and David Lampham did a backup. And once again, I'm not going to lie to you, I forgot to read this. So tell us what happened. Um, So I was pondering if I was going to drop after the World War arc because is really good, but I don't know if mm-hmm. I can keep going here because um, while I don't hate Superman anymore, mm-hmm. like I, I, I can see myself actually cheering for him now. I wasn't oh, wow. sure if I wanted to see more of like Clark because I ended up liking a lot of what was being done with like Kryptonian culture and like all the like the new people that were coming in there and like the stuff out in space, obviously. Yeah. Um, but now that we go back on Earth, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't really know if I'm going to be. That's fair. Ended up keeping with it, added keeping it on my pool, read this, really enjoyed it. Um, It was like this really sad opening of, I didn't know who it was going to be because I didn't know his real name. Again, y'all know, I was never that big of a Superman fan. Um, (laughs) But there's Metallo, who's like broken down and in prison. And like his sister comes to him and she's like trying to speak to him. And she's like sad because like he's a robot and he can't. Uh, like he's no longer human. That was really sad. But um, Superman is back on Earth. And he like, I think it was Inner Gang that attacked. There were like these big attack in the city. Superman is off basically being Superman. And you really do feel like the hope that he brings to people. Like going around like saving everyone. Um, and he ends up having to have a meeting with the United Nations because Superman brought war back to Earth basically. Mm-hmm. So it's just like <laughs> hanging out in the upper atmosphere and people from Warworld are now like on Earth and the United Nations are like, you know, we appreciate what you do for everybody here. Um, and to be honest, there's nothing we could really do <laughs> if you decide mm-hmm. to do, like we 
we understand that even this conversation could be pointless because you could pretty much do whatever you want to do, um, mm-hmm. but we still, because of that, we do want to discuss the fact that you like brought all these random people back to Earth, and yeah. Superman shows up. He shows up with the rest of the Super Fam. Superboy is there. Um, um, I'm talking about Connor Kent, who I think I've always kind of had like, I've kind of always liked. Um, I may end up reading, doing some back reading on him. Okay. Um, but they show up, they have a conversation, and Superman's like, yes, I did bring these little uh, world back to them, but just like me, you know, they lost their world. They're from all over. I'm just trying to help these people out. Like, look around to your neighbors. Like, you don't know those people out here just trying to be good people and make this stuff work. You know, basically giving a very Superman speech. Yeah. Um, the entire time, Luthor is watching it. And he's like over it, <laughs> like okay. While well, they're focusing on that, I'm gonna go get what I need to go get. And he breaks into War World, and he's like, you know, I've heard all these talks about everything going on here, and I thought it was beneath, but I knew there was gonna be something on War World that I need. And he like grows into this creature and gets this like heart. It was kind of it was really the art in this is fantastic. Um, so that's interesting. <clears throat> I was like kind of wondering how Ricardo's art would look in the setting of Metropolis and like home. I remember obviously his art from like some of the previous issues and then he did some Aquaman stuff back in the day during Advent's run. And it's very, I don't know the word, I guess like scratchy. And I feel like it does, like I feel like it does the dystopias and the underwater stuff like kind of savagery really well so when i do read this i'm interested to see how it looks against more of like a clean city backdrop like metropolis and like the courts and with the superman family and the people yeah it looks really good it looks very like static in a way like on tv like it looked like Mm -hmm. very like i don't know i don't know how to describe it but it fit for this (laughs) okay Um, (laughs) uh definitely check out this art y'all i think um, but Luthor basically takes something, this like heart thing from the world, and he meets up with um, Metallo. And there's Metallo's mm-hmm. like freaking out. His little screen is going off saying, Get out, get out. And he's like, You know, I'm going to offer you something. And that's when the issue ends. So I think I'm going to end up sticking with this because I want to see what's going on here. Okay. Um, and I want to see how the United Nations are going to respond to. Um, so then the backup uh, story called Red Moon, um, Tao La ends up waking up. Now, we saw her earlier. She was like, body was freaking out. Her powers were like activating. They gave her the Genesis like rod to see if they could fix it. But then like, they thought she was going to die, basically. Um, but this issue opens up. She's back. And um, Warworld ends up like appearing out of the sky. So this is basically us seeing the moment when Warworld actually here earlier mm. Superman was basically already back uh, the backup tells us the first people he sees is the super fam and it's how I got to keep her powers and if anybody remembers before oh, okay I said if they, I said if she got powers I was gonna, I was gonna start staying <laughs> um did she just have the normal Kryptonian powers that's what it looks like yeah okay. before though she had like the eye blast or something she blast? did though yeah, yeah. So I sure remember that. Do like some kind of like tests or something. I'm excited that she's sticking around. Remember, I said I think that she is going to be the descendant of or the predecessor of those kids we saw in Future State from the Superman family in the House of L. They had the two black cousins. I think I might be in Superfair, y'all. I think they may have got me with her. She's cool. Um, I have to check more of her out. But the entire fam comes. We see Midnight or Apollo, the rest of the Authority. Um, and how lies like, you know, oh my gosh, did you beat War World? And Superman's yeah. like, did this to the one who like called me to your planet. Nobody else was oh, not trying to do anything. That sounds like a Superman thing to say. Exactly. Um, so yeah, great issue. Five out of okay. five. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. You're like really with the super folks now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but that makes sense. I'm Honestly, that. That seems like your crew. You love a flying brick. I love it. All right. Well, good for them. I'm I'm excited to read it though. 
Um, next up on the list is Captain America, symbol of truth number five. That's from Tachi on Yabuchi, R.B. Silva, and Julian Shaw. And so, you know, it's Captain Stay America on his world, well, not a world tour. He's just invading Wakanda to stop crossbones from smuggling vibranium. And at the end of the last issue, he stopped crossbones and then Black Panther showed up. So at the beginning of this issue, they're kind of like facing off. Um, T'Challa's being T'Challa, like, you know, you shouldn't be here. This is Wakanda stuff. Sam's like, no, this affects us all. I'm going to do what I got to do. They have a scuffle and fight. You know, Sam tells him, you should take your suit off and like fight me man to man. And T'Challa's like, why would I do that? (laughs) (laughs) uh, But Sam uses his ability with the birds to like get T'Challa hemmed up. And he talks about how Wakandans close themselves off if they got vibranium and what makes them different, you know, Black Americans versus Wakanda. The diaspora conversation that happens every now and again when a Black Panther movie comes out on the timeline. And from then, they fall down a cliff. And Shuri and the rest of the Wakandans show up and they're like, you know, saying you disobeyed our orders. You did what you had to do when you came in here. He's like, whatever, I stopped the bad guy. As a result, Shuri makes a rule that everyone who has been seeking Wakandan amnesty from the States has to be deported back to America and they are cutting off all ties and like the embassy and all that and people can no longer immigrate to Wakanda. And Sam's like, oh, you're you're nasty. And so he leaves and he's hanging out with Misty and they talk about, you know, maybe Wakanda isn't a paradise and how they should try and start creating something for themselves and like making their own and doing those types of things. Black Panther shows up again. He says he didn't agree with Shuri's decision, but like he did just kind of want to make things right with Sam. They have a nice little moment and they part ways. And Joaquin takes the girl that he saved to go live with his grandmother. And from then on, we discover that the White Wolf is about to move forward with his plans to do everything. And I believe all of this is tying into or leading up to the Cold War crossover with Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty. All in all, I thought this was a really great issue. I thought it was a nice way to round out the art. You give Sam those political implications that you expect from a Captain America book. He has a nice voice. I really enjoyed the showdown with him and T'Challa and just like the things that they said to each other and him talking about, you know, the only thing that makes us different or that makes you quote unquote better than me is that a meteorite landed in your backyard instead of mine. And it is what it is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, you know, he was like, you did all this. He's like, my father died while stopping a fight. My mother had to do this. He was like, you know, they just had their moment. And then, like, Sam gagged them, and it was really nice to see. It was actually exactly what I wanted from them. Because we don't really see them interact as much in the, like we used to. And, like, even when they did, it was still kind of antagonistic anyway. I don't think they like each other, for real, for real. But I don't think they do. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here for it. So I thought that was really good. Um, Julian Shaw's fill-in art was nice. He only did like a couple of pages. But I also did get some Sam Misty content, and I love that. So all in all, I probably give this like a 3.5 out of 5. I'm enjoying it. I'm looking forward to the next issue and like seeing how we go from there. And that's that. Um, and last up on the list is X-Men 15, and that comes from Jerry Duggan and Joshua Kassar. And as I have come to say every single time, I'm sorry, but year two much. is taking it. <laughs> don't do too much. I don't year appreciate two. that because Lorna was on your one. And you know, I'm sorry for that. And no, actually, I'm not sorry for that because great for her for being the winner of that vote and starting being the originator of the team. Period. <laughs> but Year two is definitely taking it. <laughs> um, this issue, we get the return of the Children of the Vault. And we also see some really interesting commentary from Forge. This is kind of like his spotlight issue, which like, for those who know me, Forge is probably in like top 10 of my male X-Men list. So I'm excited for him to be on the team. I was excited for this. He's been working with Xavier on Project Black Box, which was basically trapping the Children of the Vault in their own little... What is the word I'm looking for? What did he use? A sphere, basically, of reality, where when it opened and they came out, they thought they'd basically been conquering the world and, like, killing all of the heroes and doing all of this stuff. But really, they're just stuck in there. And they're going to try and, you know, attack them. So Forge goes in to get Darwin because apparently Darwin's still alive in there. Even though, didn't they resurrect him in X-Men? I have to go back and read that because I think that whole situation confused me. I thought that he 
was. Well, I thought he I, just stayed there. I feel like when Stink came out, he was the only one who got out. Laura was like sacrificing herself. And then when they resurrected them, they showed the pods and Laura, I mean, excuse me, Darren was there with Laura. Like coming out of one, but we never saw him after that. I don't know. It could have been an artist okay. era. Maybe because he's still alive in there. They killed the one that they made. Right. Like they, the <laughs> one that they made is, maybe they have two technically? And the mm. other one is still there? Like maybe the, maybe even the lore is still alive. Out. Two Laura. Too many calls. Oh. Um, but no. Not too much on it. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, but no. Oh no, I don't like really enjoy this issue. I will say I'm tired of disrespect to Caliban. Like, why is Forge wearing him on his suit? Oh yeah. You gotta track him. Like he could have just brought him with him, but that's, that's <laughs> but. like and like but it, that's been a thing with like Caliban. Every time you see him coming around, he's either dying or like being mutilated. Yeah, that's because no one really cares. I care about Caliban. I actually like Caliban a lot. I think he's a very interesting character with a lot of uses. We see what his uses are. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly what his uses are. <laughs> um, I will also say, I'm sorry, for, but for year two, I like that I feel like I'm actually getting to know a lot of this team and like them kind of interacting. And I feel like it's a little bit more personal than the first group was. Firestar. A little bit more of it. I think it's coming. I, th- I think, but I think like we see it in doses between different members, which I really like. Like the moment between. Forge and Cyclops in the beginning of the issue was really nice. Then the moment with him and Magic was really nice. He had his little moment with Firestar where he was talking about, oh, you know, Steve Rogers is probably about as old as State, kind of showing that maybe there's some feelings about her being a former Avenger on the team. And it's seeing them there. I'm into it. Magic, Magic kind of giving her shit about, like, oh, you know, things are crazy on X-Men. But... Mm-hmm. Which is wild, though, because, like, I'm sure she's seen some crazy stuff, too, so... She has, and she's been an X-Men before, but whatever, I know we're forgetting that existed. Most people did. They probably just didn't see her around. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was at school that they had. But whatever. Like I said, we're forgetting that moment existed in time. And this is also... But I liked it. Your two's taking it. I love this team. Yes. I'm actually... I love Iceman. Iceman been killing it in this um in this new run, so I really have been enjoying it too. He uh, really did. I thought it was really really cool when uh, Forge was like, "I need to keep this for when I come out," and Iceman was like, "Oh, I got you," <laughs> and like just completely froze that guy. I thought that was great. Um, Iceman is he's cool. He has some good moments. I'm actually going to be sad when Year Three comes around and we gotta leave this team. Does it get crazy? The vote is gonna happen like two months. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still very much trained as an excellent vote, and I do like it, and I'll be excited to participate. But year two so far has been my favorite team. I'm excited. It'll be interesting also if the way that Sync stayed on the team, Firestar does the same. Because at what point do you get to it where the team is just all the favorites? I don't know. I don't think so. I would prefer she doesn't, honestly. I would like her to leave the team, but stay on Krakoa and go do something else. Something more ingrained in, like, X-Men. Yeah, I I would like to see X-Force change its route and get away from, like, the CIA and espionage stuff and just be kind of, like, a little bit more of a proactive strike team at certain things. I think if you're going to have the X-Men be the superheroes, I would like to see kind of just a little bit more prominence in some of the other things that are going on with the island. And that could be them. I would like to see her doing something like that. Or I don't know, what else are people doing on the island? Everyone kind of went to Morocco, didn't they? <laughs> I don't know. We don't really see anybody on Krakoa anymore. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they'll give the people on the island something else to do and then she can go help them. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. We really don't ever see 
rest of the island looks like. She could be a marauder, maybe, but like the marauders who are actually going to save humans, not the ones who are hanging out with Kate. In space, doing whatever. Yeah, not that group, but like the group with like Wind Dancer and Birdie and Triage. She would be cool. I mean, because she was doing stuff like that before when she was uh, using the gates to go. It's like, I'm just yeah. passing through. I'm going to save the people. That's my girl. I love her. Yes, I'm excited for her. <laughs> Good times for Firestar fans. Shout out to us. She was on that cover looking like Jean. Mm-hmm. You know, Scott liked to cheat. Yes. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> Well, all in all, I thought this was a really good issue. I'd give this like a four out of five. I actually really like Kassar's art. I wasn't gonna lie, I was a little nervous about how he was gonna draw some of the girls because you know I like a pretty girl, but like they were good here. Yeah, I was a little nervous too, but uh, <laughs> we didn't really get too many like close ups of the <laughs> No. But no, I thought like all the movement with stuff was cool. I thought like Forge of Soup. When Gene was like, it's an abomination, I was like, yes, I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, then let's go ahead and get into the book club of the week. And this is the last few issues of the new X-Men run that we've been reading. And this is where, like, all the action stuff was happening. This was the Messiah Complex tie-ins. Um, and or Second Coming? Was this, this was Messiah, Messiah Complex? Com- Messiah Complex. Yeah. 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 Um actually yes an event <laughs> good times i remember like when this was coming out i read well more second coming than messiah complex because i really like second coming i read second coming like a lot like consistently over and over again because of all the action and fight scenes and the characters being oh, cool no, really and, i think i like second, second coming, coming don't get me wrong but when i think of like the whole messiah trilogy i always go back to messiah complex like that first few issues of my only issue with messiah complex was there was a lot of moments that happened off panel i'll never mm-hmm. forget that one issue of storm facing against all of the marauders and she's like you know leave everything to me and everybody's coming at her and she's holding her staff with some lightning coming out in the next issue it's just her on the plane <laughs> with the rest of the team because they got away. <laughs> and it's like, wait, hold on, what happened? <laughs> like, right. How did we get here? <laughs> I remember that being like something that bugged me about it. But I, I think the stuff that we did see on was like really good. I felt like there was a very high sense of urgency going on. The like first mutant baby, like the cable mystery. Again, although I will say this is the end, the beginning of the end for Bishop and like the start of his character. Uh, oh, yeah. Actualization was the messiah yeah. complex and like him becoming the traitor of the team shooting xavier blah 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 but i think at the time it's in the like, past we moved on ish <laughs> <laughs> ish but like messiah complex from the new x-men standpoint i thought was really well done you know you had the kids on this mission they're like hold on we heard the baby's like going gone we need to do something surge is leaving the charge she cusses xavier out that's probably actually why she has not been able to ascend the ranks. It just clicked with me. There it is. You know, he holds a grudge. He does. <laughs> okay. He, he does. will not forget. He does. He forget. Be- we see them doing that. We get the big face off of uh, Laura as X-23 versus Lady Deathstrike, which was really intense and cool. Really cool. The team's getting separated. Hellion gets stabbed by Lady Deathstrike, which is why Laura goes after her. You know, my man, my man, my man, my man. And mm-hmm. it was good for them. I think it was one of, the kids have been through a consistent crisis. You know, they once have. decimation hit, it was just like hit after hit after hit. Again, what do we always say? You break your character down and then you break them down a little bit more. Once you've gotten them to that rock bottom, you break them down one more time. And this was that <laughs> one more time. <laughs> These Predator X fights that, were, that they were fighting were kind of cool. I, I forgot that they had those like things out there for them to fight. Um, Surge is really cool in it. Um, I also did see in this, which was interesting because we talked about him earlier, Caliban dying. Um, I think some, some people shot him, so I guess you're right, shot. he is like just always he, dying. <laughs> yeah, um, what do you think can be done now for these students? I see I'm still calling them students. What do you think it could be done for these kids, like going forward from here? All of them can't, we can't just keep like you know. Throwing them against the fire and killing him off. They got to have a lane, right? Or are they just you know, infinitely cannon fodder? 
No, I've been so I've been thinking a lot. We've been talking a lot about X Men, what the brand has become, how it's moved forward, how a lot of characters have moved forward, how we look at some of these stories from the '80s and '90s and whatever, and we say, you know, we might never see this composition of team together again unless it's some type of throwback miniseries or just like an annual of some sort where they're reuniting. I think. What has to happen is a lot of those characters who were prominent on teams like X-Factor, X-Force, X-whatever back in those days have to be moved up to the spot of the prominent X-Men. So, like, yes, you'll have your mainstays of uh, Cyclops and a Jean, and then you add in somebody new like Sink and Firestar, but then that's when you add in a person like a Monet or a Multiple Man or a Forge, you know, those people who occupy the spaces of the secondary move them to the front lines, and now the new X-Men need to fill in those spots of the secondary teams. They need to be the new X-Factors. They need to be the new X-Forces. They need to be the new whatever. X yeah. whatever. And so that way, whoever is after them, which should, I think, be the Jean Grey kids, like, they can be the war college kids who are still learning at the academy and doing all this other stuff. But again, I think a big crux of that is that for those kids to do that, you're going to separate most of them. Yes, they can't keep coming back together unless they end up becoming, like we said before, the new mutants, and that's just what they end up becoming. And um, it only works for the new mutants because at the end of the day, there's maybe like eight of them mm. who actually matter. The new X-Men, there's 42 kids left. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of them. It was 42 kids left, and now we're on Krakoa, so like the whole student body is back. So then you got those other... 300 kids who were in the background who lost their powers or died, they're also back now, too. Mm-hmm. So you take your core of who you got. Again, that's why Pixie and Dust have kind of ascended the ranks the way that they have. They have moved on from being new X-Men and they've been on other teams doing other things consistently. You And if you do see Pixie with armor and a Nole in them, it feels like a regression because she's acting like a student. Right. When she's well up well past that now because she's been on the X-Men teams herself. Um, I mean, even look at Wind Dancer. She had her pop-up moments in. Yeah. Um, first it was in X Factor, right? That's where she was uh, resurrected, and then she went over to X Corp, and mm-hmm. then from there, now she's with the Marauders. Like, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. she came and got to work. She said, "I don't know what y'all been doing." <laughs> she said, I'll "But I was." She said, I was supposed to have been a main girl. So, <laughs> <laughs> she said, I was robbed, okay? I'm getting back to work. I know that's right. Shout out yeah. to her. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that, like, the more they do other things than just be around each other, the more likely they'll be kind of bumped up in their prominence on the island. It's interesting when you think about it also just because who are those characters who make it out from like being in those secondary books? Like Wolf's Bane. Do you really want to see Wolf's Bane on the X-Men? Or like, do you only see her as a new mutant or an X-Factor girl? You know what I'm saying? Like, should she be? Because again, you, and again, I think of most X-Men and X-Men teams in terms of housewives and like casting and things of that nature. That's kind of like what helps me do these things. So it's like, you always want to have a little bit of your OGs for the first couple of seasons, because that's what ties it in. You need those relationships, and that's what makes it familiar to people, so they come back to that. And then you sprinkle in new people, or like friends and things of that nature. So yes, Wolfsbane can be... She might not be a good example, because I don't think she's the heart of anything. I'll use Domino, actually. She's the person who has been surrounded... I don't know. She's a good example. She's the character who has been around like the X Men for a very long time, but I would feel as though most people would only associate her with X Force. If you're creating like your dream X Men team, are you going to pick Domino? Or are you going to say, oh no, she's only for X Force? But it's like, when do you move her beyond that so someone else has the chance to be that X Force girl? You know, they could make Surge the X Force girl. Yeah. And Domino could go finally be an X Man. I think, she gotta have move, I think in order for you to move people to, like, that next round, they really got to have a a new status quo for them that won't make people think, well, why don't you just go back yeah. <laughs> and do what you were doing before? Yeah. Um, with somebody like Domino, I don't know where that would be. Um, I, don't know <laughs> if, I don't know if I see her on the X-Men, like the, the superhero team. Yeah. But again, that could just be me only always associating her with X-Force. Maybe she's got to try it. You just got to, like, 
shift and move, which honestly I think is happening now. I think when you look at again the year two X Men team that we were talking about earlier, that is a mix of like original and new. That team is the perfect thing, but it's just I feel as though when you get to those other teams of who's occupying those spaces, it's still more of the same people from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Like look at X Force, it's Omega Red and Domino and Maverick. Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Fighting Colossus's brother. Where it's like, yeah, but you could they, put... they have the uh, the Peacock Man, though, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't read that book anymore. <laughs> well, I tapped into it for a little bit. I remember there was like a Peacock I, Man. I think I stopped reading that. That doesn't matter. That's not what we're going to talk about. Right. But, you know, I think Put a hellion on X Force. He's still mm-hmm. mad. He ain't got no hands. I'm sure. Maybe he gets hands back. I hope so. I didn't like the no hands. I'm sorry. I, liked y'all. It. I thought it was cool. When he, they would be floating around. I thought it was cool. No, I wasn't here for those. Um, I do think that actually sometimes it looked kind of cool when he would kind of be floating him around. Yes. It was hot. It's <laughs> visual. You want a visual. The visual was kind of cool, yes. But I do think a lot of them need to start sprinkling in into those other books if they want to start, you know, gaining some prominence. Not all of them on one book. Because, like, a whole group of new X-Men becoming the new X-Force team. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) But again, but that's why, like, again, that's why I say you got to think of it. Oh, I think of it at Housewives. Because you got to have your OGs. So who are your staples of X-Factor? I mean, not X-Factor, X-Force that you think will move. Like, Gene and Cyclops are the X-Men. You know what I'm saying? Like, they can always be X-Men no matter what they go do. Yeah, he can always go back and be like, I'm the leader of the X-Men. I want to lead my own team. Cool. Who is that person that you see doing that for X-Force? We'd have to see. This is all just really really make me... uh, Excuse me. This is making me really want, like... Something like that for Bishop he needs to have that strike team. Like yeah. the way the way you said for Cyclops, that should be for Bishop. It should be. But that was the crux of Messiah complex. We are still doing a lot of fixing from that for him. This is true. Were you a fan of like the are you a fan of um Umberto Ramos's art here? Um, I remember at the time I was not a big fan and I didn't like it, but like going back and reading, I was like, it's actually not that bad. I I get the style a little bit more, I feel like. I think so for myself too. I get the style now. I don't think it's for me, but I think I get it a lot more now. Agreed. Back than when I was 16 reading this. Um, all right, well. There we go. We just talked about the new X-Men. We read that run. Um, it's been a bumpy ride. <laughs> <laughs> From beginning to now, I do think my opinions on some of the characters have changed. I think overall, I think I like them a little less than when I was that age. Actually, no, I take that back. When I was that, when I was the age when this was coming out, like 16 years old, I really liked Hellion. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked Surge and Windancer. Um, those are probably still my favorite characters from this group. Um, but I've yet to find interest in them still doing this. And that's kind of what they still are. So they just kind of need to find a little better line for them. Um, but now that's the end, definitely let us know what you guys want to do next. I'll leave a poll up on the Twitter page uh, for you guys to kind of vote. Um, we were thinking we could either read another uh, run that we haven't read in a while for the book club. We can also watch something that we haven't watched in a while. There's plenty of streaming services that we all have <laughs> that we could watch something. Um, so let us know, vote, and uh, let's take a break, and then we'll come right back. Welcome back, everyone. We are doing another watch of She-Hulk episode, what was it, seven? Yeah, seven. And we have only nine. Two more? 
Okay. Ooh. He gonna show up on the last episode. That's crazy. At the end, he's, at the end of next episode is when he's gonna show up. But that's fine. Still we move. Um, but nonetheless, this is the show that I'm still continuing to enjoy. We see Jen dealing with being ghosted for the first time in what seems like a very long time after liking a man who we knew was gonna be bad. Let's be real. And I hate that we had to think that he should have been interested in her because she was an interesting part. I will say, like, all the moments leading up to him ghosting her, though, were, like, really cute. And it was really well done, like, showing their montage and, like, the date and stuff, <laughs> having a good old time. And throughout all of that, she gets a call about Emil Blonsky, the abomination, some things going on with his parole. So they go up to see him, find out that his little monitor has been malfunctioning and it gets fixed. And Jen decides to stay. We meet a couple of mutants and some other villains, it all seems like they are, who are with Blonsky doing therapy sessions, which I love therapy sessions in superhero settings i think they're always really interesting like having these people with the powers and the stuff they're going through and just being realistic about it all and we see one of the guys from the wrecking crew who was there who attacked jen earlier and i like how when she broke the fourth wall there she was like let's do the previously on part again i love the show does that and we see them all healing and we just get like this really amazing moment from jen tatiana uh Maslany, like acts down I loved it. Just just talking about being Jen and She-Hulk and the feelings of it all and like being accepted and being seen. And I was like, this is like quintessential She-Hulk right here. I feel like I'm reading this straight out of a comic book. This is my girl. I love this show. This is for yeah. me. I really appreciated her therapy session, especially with when she just talked about like, you know, imagine that person who was just like cooler than you. And Everybody loves that. I can be that anytime I get ready to. Like, it's hard to, you know, discern which one of the people they actually really like. Would they even really like me <laughs> if mm-hmm. I was not this you know, really cool? Yeah, um, I thought that was really cool. I liked all of the villains inside there too, having their conversations. I don't know who the like Dracula vampire person was. I never heard of them, but I think uh, Man Boy, I've seen before. I've seen Man before. Oh I've seen. I know Porcupine. I got really excited when I saw Porcupine. I was like, "Look at Jessica Drew's man!" <laughs> yeah, that was kind of cool, and very, was cool. very comic accurate uh, costume. So yeah, I love the reaction. Like when he finally took his mask off too, and everybody was like, "Oh no!" Um, oh well, Aguilar was there. He is a mutant. I also love how this show has been sprinkling in mutants, and I love that. You probably wouldn't know that unless you're, like, an X-Men fan or you know who the mutants are, who they also are. But, like, seeing that, I think it's making it much more lived in and kind of natural. So that way, when the big guns do show up, it won't have to be this big spectacle that everyone's expecting. It will be. But still, nonetheless, we see everybody's been wondering, oh, how are mutants going to get in the MCU? They're already there. They're already there, yeah. In front of your face. (laughs) You don't even know. And they explicitly, when he, like, charged his sword, like, that wasn't a machine. He said a bioelectric. Mm-hmm. So. They are here, baby. Ooh, I'm just waiting. <laughs> Who else am I going to see? I'm about to like go through all of my D-list archives and be like, okay, oh, yeah. I need this, D-list I need this, like, I need this. Really going to start popping up. <laughs> I'm excited. But yeah. I'm loving this show. What would you like rate this episode so far? Out of five? I, I would give this a four out of five. I really like it. I love the emotional bits. I love that we kind of move forward with the plot. We did see, again, that that man was nasty, and he, like, stole some information off of Jen, got the pictures of her. He's working with the bad guys. Snapped her nudes. He's got, like they said, he's got to die. When the guys in the session were like, let's kill him, let's go get him, I was like, yes, let's do that. Absolutely. Um, so I'm excited to see him. I think it's the leader. Okay. That makes sense. Isn't the leader's like a big? Uh, he's he's big in the Hulk world. That's <laughs> that's their person. I'm gonna be either. I thought either the leader or like Modok, because I know Modok is a part of the intelligentsia. I want to say Modok. I think is another strong possibility. I can see that he's kind of being primed now to be the next big bad of the Marvel U, and like aim and stuff can come around and do more things. So yeah, I can see it. But I think allegedly he's a in Quantum. I think so. Yeah. They started to kind of plant that seed early. Yeah, but I was into it. I liked a lot of it. I'm excited to see these last two episodes and how they go. I do hope we get, like, one more scene of Jen in the courtroom. 
before we end off, that would be nice. And how we go from there. I'm interested to see how it ends. I feel like, again, a lot of the other Disney Plus shows have felt like a movie and it kind of had its beginning, its middle, its end. I feel like this, like you said, it does feel just more like a show. So let's renew season two, baby. I think that this would be a great show for the MCU too because of all the different cameos you can give and because it feels so like it feels like series. There's other things that was like and I don't think a lot of those other shows needed to be shows. They really could have just been a movie. Instead yeah. of you know, trying to chop up a movie into six parts. Just uh, And it had kind of like a very definite end to be like, okay, this movie's over. <laughs> You're not getting another yes. one. <laughs> Whereas like with Shield, by the time this ends, her life is as a hero and everything is really just getting started. Exactly. She can keep going. Always more superhero shenanigans. I wonder who. Is there any kind of cameo you would like to see, like a big name A-list one? Oh, no! I think I'm going to try with just Daredevil. <laughs> Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, that's really all I would have needed down there. I think he's also the only one who would really fit right now. Do you and do you still think it's going to be the same Daredevil from? The Netflix shows, or do you think they're just gonna do it? Oh no, it's gonna be Charlie Cox. So I know it's Charlie Cox, but oh. do you think it's that Daredevil, or is this like, oh, yeah, Daredevil? Does that make sense? Like, no, not Netflix really. But I, I feel sense. like I, I feel like I get what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. The Netflix stuff, to, in my opinion, is like I don't know, universe. Six so you, seven. you're saying like the Daredevil that we're going to see hasn't experienced the things that the Daredevil and the Netflix show went through. I think he did, but our Daredevil is just not that one. Experienced the same stuff, but okay. not that one. Still play by Oh, a okay. Variant, I guess. You, okay. Um, no, I think it's just going to be that regular Daredevil. I wonder how they're going to explain. Did they? I mean, isn't that what, like, Spider-Man and No Way Home and all that, like, intermingling stuff? But, you know, I watched Mor- this quick side. I watched Morbius a couple of weekends ago. And it was on Netflix. And I was like, let me see what all the hype is about. I had, like, tried to watch it once before, but I fell asleep. Um, but it was, like, fine, honestly. I'm not going to lie to you. I think that if it came out in the 90s, it would have been a big hit. I feel like it wasn't any different than Daredevil. I mean, not Daredevil. Um, and when I say Daredevil, I'm not the one with Ben Affleck. But I meant to actually say Venom. It gave the same tone as that. And, like, people love that. And I feel like Morbius kind of follows suit in what it did. But at the end of it, Michael Keaton shows up. His vulture from the MCU, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I feel like whatever was going on with Strange and Spider-Man and all that stuff and the multiverse and madness... Everybody's around. Okay, cool. Just don't even explain it. Just be all here. We'll probably find out when we get to that final Avengers movie with Kang. That'd be a cool way for them to kind of like recast some people. Sure. Hmm. Mm. I wonder if we'll ever see Quicksilver again. No, I was actually wondering that, and I think so. Because I think that they will bring Wanda and Pietro back together. Okay. Not not at the same time, but I think I think that they'll be back as like a brother-sister thing the next time they're on screen. I don't think Mm -hmm. Wanda's going to come back and not have a brother. Oh, yeah. I could see that. I think that she will have a brother. Maybe. Don't really seem to care about him. But anyways, she hoped was great. <laughs> Just wondering. Um, I also would have given this episode like out of five. I think I really enjoyed like the, um, it was a fun slowdown episode. Got into like the mind of Jen and She-Hulk and everyone there was, at the therapy session was really fun. The trials of, you know, being ghosted by a bad man hasn't been there. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really cute. I 
I'm enjoying She-Hulk. Um, I think I like the like really how it feels like a TV show, like instead of just like a, a topped up movie. So I want to see more. Love that it. brings us to the end of the show. Please rate and subscribe us wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate all the support. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Another Relaunch. You can watch us on YouTube at Another TV. You can find me on most social media platforms at Uncanny LZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You guys know you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keenan Lance. As always, there's an underscore at the Maybe not on Instagram as much anymore, but it's kind of whack. What happens to Insta? It's not hidden no more. It's like... It's a, it's all the reels and like I don't I'm not like one of those tech people I don't want to do all that chopping and like time delays and stuff like that I'm just I'm here to post and go. Yeah, Twitter's still that girl though. The people on there are nasty, but she funny. <laughs> <laughs> Very. <laughs> all right, let's get up out of here. We'll catch on next. All right, peace.